Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. <laughs> today we're going we're to talk Star Wars Squadrons, Hades, and more. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K for the contributions, and welcome to Alan K for joining the Patreon. We really appreciate you guys. We appreciate all of our patrons. You guys are awesome. We love you. Thank you so much. Alan, uh, Alan as- K, is, is he upped his his uh his pledge for ten dollars instead of ah. five so he's been a patron for a while but just to clarify yeah we appreciate it man thank you uh as always we do appreciate your feedback which you can send to midwestgamers at gmail.com and don't forget to follow us on twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher alex do you have any bumpers for the network yes horror movie your book wrapped up their september of the dead in october uh with their final episode called the living dead they discuss the book uh, the Living Dead by George Romero and Daniel Krauss, and uh, it's very good. It's it's kind of a the book is a summation of George Romero's um, Living Dead movies, and and I think uh, I think anybody who's a fan of any of them would would enjoy the discussion and the book as well. So please go check that out. Very cool. That's it. Uh, I want to mention as well that I, uh, with the Right or Wrong podcast with which I narrate, we finished the third chat, third and final chapter of the first story of the podcast. Uh, it's it's called Spines is the name of the story. Again, Right or Wrong podcast. Check that out on your podcatcher. I narrate all three episodes uh, of the actual story. There's some commentary about the story. Uh, if you follow along in real time, you do get to vote on the outcome of each like the next episode which is kind of cool so the next story i believe i will also be narrating for them so check that out if you get a chance that'd be sweet uh other than that i'm gonna talk first because i just literally finished the last of us today like an hour ago the last last of us us to finish it (laughs) last of us remastered the first game on playstation 4 got jokes (laughs) always um yeah, I have a lot of things that I feel about that game. Uh, one, the story is so good, and that is what kept me going, because the gameplay is so secondary to the actual story, I feel. Um, I enjoy it, but it's it's like, it's a vehicle. The gameplay is an actual, it's a vehicle for a great story, and I like that sort of idea. It's like advancing the sort of idea behind the old school point and click adventures that were very like narrative heavy, but not super action heavy. I don't feel like this game is terribly action heavy. It does have some points where you're running through hallways and killing a bunch of people, but I don't feel like that's a strong point necessarily. I think the story itself is the strongest point. I think the ending was super lackluster. I was expecting more out of it. Um, I don't know if we want to get into spoilers about it, just because I don't know who out there cares anymore. The game is almost 10 years old now. Eh, yeah, it's like seven years, I think. 2013 on PS3, maybe. I, I legitimately think I am the last person to play it. <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, I think we can if you feel the need to, and we can let people know. Spoilers I just yeah spoilers Part 1. Skip, skip ahead five minutes from now. I'm hopefully not going to take that long. Uh, yeah, the, the ending, he, he just like fucking lies to her. And I hate that. I don't like... He's selfish. Joel is a selfish, shitty character. 
He did everything for his own self-interest. He didn't do anything for humanity. You know, I'm sure Ellie knew that she'd probably have to fucking die in order to like, you know, it's it's not like they're going to take her into the hospital and be like, oh yeah, like we're going to just extract this thing from your brain and you'll be fine. Like they probably are like, listen, like this might kill you or this will kill you and you're sacrificing yourself for the betterment of humanity. At least if if I were in that position, I would want someone to tell me like, yeah, you're going to die, but you're going to die for the sake of everyone else. And in this case, like Joel was just like, no, I'm going to save you. And so he did, and he did it for his own self-interest and that's bullshit. And it's a fucking cop out. And he's a shitty character and a shitty person for that. You, uh, you feel the opposite of the internet, not the opposite of me, but the opposite of how the internet feels. And I think, uh, despite the fact that you feel as though this did not lead you to want to play the last of us part two, I think a lot of the things that you're saying would maybe make you enjoy The Last of Us Part 2 story even more than this one. Um, I don't... I I'd mostly completely agree with you, but I don't know that in 2013, when I first finished the game, that I would have been in the same place. I think that choice that he makes at the end of the game is very tortured and hard and... Um, and the thing that I think a lot of people wished that the first game and to an extent the second game would let you do is to let you make the choice. Because in the end, you have to you have to kill the doctor. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't just say, right, no, but- you can't walk away. You can't let Joel make that choice to let her do this um, or to let this happen to her. And, uh, but, but the, they are very much telling the story they want to tell. So that's why it's not a choice for you to make. It is the, and that's, what Joel does. that's fine. I just think like, I, like, I, I don't know, like I'm not, maybe it's just who I am as a person, I suppose. But like, I, the, the whole like selfishness of him as a character and what he did and why he did it. Like, I, I don't, I guess I just don't understand his motivations other than like, he's trying to like reconnect with someone who r- reminds him of his daughter. And I think that's largely it. I think he lost his daughter at the beginning of the game in a very terrible way, and and I think he found his he found pieces of his daughter and this girl that he's taking across the country to go see the fireflies. And um, and you know, I'm not a father, but maybe I would feel the same way if those things had happened had happened to me. I don't necessarily know, but I do think it is very. He does remove all of her agency from the situation. It wasn't like a hey, you need to stop so we can ask her what she wants. It was, it was a I'm going to kill you because you're going to kill my girl. I just yeah, I just feel like there sucks. there's a whole like section of story and narrative that could have happened between like him getting knocked out by the fireflies and then waking up in the hospital bed. Like I would have liked to have known what exactly happened in that space because maybe they did have a conversation with Ellie and and they were like, "Hey, like listen, this is how it's going to go down. Are you okay with this? And she's like, yeah, totally. And they're going to be like, Joel's not going to be okay with this. And she's like, that's fine. Fuck Joel. I don't care about him. And like, (laughs) then they just jump into it and they do their surgery and they save humanity. Like that could have been the thing. But obviously then at that point, like if, if they save humanity, what's the point in even having the last of us two, I suppose. Like, yeah, I will say that the last of us two does fill in some of the gaps, some of the gaps that you're discussing, but I think we're kind of at the edge of our spoiler territory, Brian. I yeah, we'll step had any. Uh, yeah, Brian, if you, you want to say something, go ahead. I mean, as far as the last of us two goes, I have not played that yet, yep. unfortunately, 
but I would have been fine if they had never made one. I liked the way the first game ended and I think it was perfect the way it was. And, um, story wise, I, I kind of agree with you with the gameplay at times it gets, it's definitely, uh, a lot of the same thing. Like, Oh, you run into an encounter where there's a bunch of clickers and you got to figure out how to sneak around and do whatever. Yeah, I, it's just it, like, it's essentially like an, an exacerbated puzzle game in a way, which is fine, but it does almost feel like a chore at times because you just want to see what happens next in the story. Right. Because yeah. the, the gameplay, I, I, from what I understand, I don't know, Alex, you've played the second one, but they improve it a bit. Like it feels better in the second one, right? Yeah. And I don't know that it goes much more beyond that other than I think the stealth works better. And, um, honestly, I don't know if I'd say it's a good thing or not, but I feel like you deal with the infected way less in the second game than you do in the first. Um, and and so, and I think the rules around dealing with the infected in the first game are very different than the rules in dealing with them on the second game, because there's different mutation types and things like that. So, um, but, but I, like, I don't disagree. I think there's a lot of times where in the second one, I wanted to do everything stealthy and then I would mess it up and it would get a lot messier than I wanted it to, but usually it ended up working out. I might've died, you know, more than I wanted to, but that happens sometimes. So, but I do think the story is very strong. I think they take it in very interesting directions. I just mostly think, um, I think the revenge storyline in the second game is kind of played out, but, uh, but they do some very interesting stuff with it. And I think it's, I still think it's worth checking out, but, um, I I do feel kind of similar about Joel in the first game though like he is he's definitely doing what he does in the end from a selfish place but I can't say I necessarily blame him. I'm not sure I wouldn't do the same thing. Yeah. Because it's, it just doesn't at that like, point you don't know if she really can save the world and you're like giving up the one last thing that makes you feel like living. Sure, but so I also it's, like it's a tough choice. But that's the thing is like you're halfway through that game, you're you're maybe sixty percent through that game before he makes that shift of like, well, maybe I should kind of help, you know, I should give a little more of a shit about this girl because the whole beginning of it, he basically is just like, I was given a task and I'm going to complete that task and I don't give a fuck about you beyond that, and then like. All of a sudden, like, you hit the halfway point of the game, and she gives him this sob story about how she's, like, alone and doesn't want to be alone anymore. And then he's, like, he just makes a flip. Like, he just, like, flips a switch, like, oh, I won't, I'm not going to let you be alone anymore then, and well, then I'll just take care of you. Like, I don't, like, I just also, don't, like, the shift in character doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me I the more think, I think about it. I think that in the beginning of the game, there's a part of Joel that recognizes that he could, uh he could become emotionally attached to Ellie because of the situation. And he has this emotional distance. And then I think not only the sob story that you're talking about that she gives him, but also by the end of the game, the fact that she like goes through a lot of trouble to save him after he gets punctured by the rebar in that one fight. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I think, I think there's enough, room there and reason maybe the game doesn't like give you the real like 
nuts and bolts of the situation, but I feel as though there's enough going on there that would make you kind of say, like, I understand Joel's position in this whole thing, but, um, but it, I mean, if it didn't work for you, it didn't work for you, and I, and I think there's a lot of people that maybe could feel the same way, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, tomato, tomato, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Other than that... How did it feel uh, to finish a video game, John? <laughs> It felt great. That's two. That's two games that I've finished in the past three months. There you go. That's all. That's, that's probably more than usual. That's all post that's, baby. So that's, that's more uh, than the past like four years. There you go. There you go. <laughs> no, it was good. I'm glad to check one off my list here. Um, yeah. There's a lot of stuff I want to go back and play too, though, which really sucks because I feel like I'm running out of time. Like in general, like just, I mean, I'm able, like I can sit down and play PlayStation for, you know, a little bit every night, like if I'm awake enough to do it, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I've got, I still, I want to go back and finish days gone. I haven't done that. I want to go back and I've got the Witcher three, like the entire, like all the (laughs) DLC and everything like on my Xbox. You've already run out of time to, to go through that before cyberpunk. No, I know. I, and I still, I want to, like, I never finished dying light the following. Like I want to go back and do that. I have that on Xbox. I have, um, so I want to play more of fallout 76 because like I was kind of getting back into that for a minute. And then, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of games, man, bloodborne, dark souls three, like lots of stuff that I want to wrap up from this generation that I feel like, well, maybe it'll just look better on PS (laughs) five. I don't know. But I also, uh, I uh, thank you. Thanks to Alex. I was able to procure a 3080, uh, Yes. RTX 3080 GPU oh founder, founders you edition. Too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. No, Alex has become the collector from the uh, Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy uh, yeah. franchise. Just... We're just gonna Photoshop your face on Benicio del Toro. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, and I can do all the weird like hand movements and shit that he does. Yeah, all that good yeah. stuff. Yep. Um, yeah. The the card is is heavy as balls. It's something like six or seven pounds, I think. <laughs> like. Yes, I think it was six pounds on the postage or whatever. That it's kind sent. of kind of ridiculous. Well, that's including the box. Yeah, well, the box is cardboard. So yeah, the the box is like half a pound, if that. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the card itself is super heavy. The fans are ridiculously quiet. Uh, my computer probably it's probably lost a few decibels in volume. Like no that's joke. Awesome. Like that other my twenty eighty super was super loud. Uh, it is very quiet now. I loaded up control. I maxed it out completely. Uh, I locked it to 60 frames because I tend to do that because I just like having a nice stable frame rate. And uh, dear that, Lord, that game looks so good. Mm. Yeah, if you're using so G-Sync, good. you shouldn't need to lock your frames and it should stay steady anyways. Yeah, that's cool. I don't think any of my computers actually set up properly for some reason because I've tried to do all that crap and like I still end up getting screen tearing and stuff. So I had weird shit with that happening with control with the 2080 Super and and I it took me a while to figure out what was going on and and like the Nvidia stuff sometimes doesn't work the way you think it should. So I I think Yeah. Yeah. But But anyways, yeah, uh I'm really excited to play more games when I have time. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks to Alex, I too have one, and yeah, I think Alex is the only one here that doesn't have one. Which <laughs> yeah, I've ridiculous. been playing a lot of uh, thirty eighty uh, thirty eighty purchaser simulator, and uh, you know, just running some drills on Newegg dot com and 
the store at Zotac and all that type of stuff. And uh, it's not a very rewarding game. I haven't really gotten very far. And um, yeah. yeah, just the two. Yep. No, it's been an interesting experience, and uh, I have. I very much appreciate it so far. It's uh, I have a different model than John. I don't have the Founders Edition, but it's uh, it's an EVGA for the Win Three. I don't yes. know if that's what it's supposed to mean, but that's what FTW means to me. I assume that's what it meant. <laughs> um, it is super heavy. It is like a two point seven slot card, and it also juts out the side like an inch. So I had to get a different case. <laughs> um, but that's okay. I like this case better because it has tempered glass, so it looks cool. And this card has like fancy RGB, so I thought it would be really tacky looking, but it actually looks awesome. Yeah, the, the pictures of it didn't do much justice, I think. Yeah, the pictures make it look terrible, but then yeah. actually seeing it in motion, it looks really cool. <laughs> oh, it's even better when you download the software and you program it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got to like, get that shit that lets you play the division or whatever with the lights. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I thought oh, somebody really? loaded like Doom on it or something like that. No, no, no. That's no. I'm talking about like there's certain games that will take your RGB. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Do and it like overrides the it. software to like link up with like the feel of the game. Yeah. It yeah, probably the- also like sends all of your information to like a server in Russia or something. But, you know, yeah. the price of video games. No, I think it's uh. You don't need anything special for it. I think the division just does it. Oh, okay. That's cool. I could be wrong. Um so Brian, what have you played on it? Um I reinstalled Doom Eternal just to try that out. Um that's ridiculous. Like you can max it out entirely. I run I don't run 4K, but I run 1440 ultra wide. So it's still a lot to render. Um and that runs like generally over 200 frames per second, like consistently. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's one of the better ones. Um, Destiny, I didn't notice much of a difference. I think it's like CPU limited hmm. or something, um, at least at this resolution. Uh, I tried, let's see. Oh, Control, of course, because I had never gotten to play it with ray tracing because I had a 1080 Ti, and you get about two frames per second with ray tracing on with that card. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That game is ridiculous because that's the first game I ever tried with DLSS as well, and it's like almost twice as fast using DLSS versus not. Um, And honestly, I don't think it looks that much worse. Yeah. Like... I can't really tell, to be honest. It's it's like a, a really good trade-off. There's a really good Digital Foundry video that John linked to where they go in. Specifically, it was for DLSS 2.0, which for those who don't know, DLSS is a thing that you can do. You can Your game developer can work with NVIDIA to set it up so that um, you can render the game at a lower resolution and then use, uh, use uh, machine learning to up-res it to whatever final resolution you need so that basically your computer can run all the ray tracing calculations on the lower resolution and make it less taxing to do and then up-res it using robots. And so the, they found on the digital foundry video that if you went down to like 
1080p and we're doing DLSS to, um, like basically they only found like there were very small differences between DLSS and non DLSS. So like if you went to go and do the resolution at like really low and then upres it to 1080 or whatever, there were some cases where it would look better with the machine learning stuff than it would do with the actual rendering stuff because of the way that it would render. Like hmm. the machine learning would do a better job at approximating things than than the actual resolu- the actual rendering would do. So the DLSS stuff is really ridiculously awesome, and I, I assume the three that's now implemented only looks uh, even crazier. So yeah, I tried um, Modern Warfare as well because that game, I mean, really pushed my computer in my last card. Uh, and that's noticeably quicker. Another reason why I wanted to try that is that's one of the only games right now that has NVIDIA Reflex enabled. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was like the slightly better frame rate or the Reflex, but I felt like I could do better in the short amount of time I played today. So that's pretty cool. Um, like, do you feel like you have that. an advantage now? I I feel like, yeah, a slight advantage in reaction time. Okay. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Um, it definitely looks bad. I maxed it out. I turned on the ray tracing in that though, and it doesn't seem to like really do anything yeah. much. It's like not a full ray tracing. It's like just for lights or shadows. Is it like, it's not for reflections and stuff. I assume it maybe does more in like the story mode. Maybe. But, um, yeah. Where things are yeah. a little more scripted. I did Flight Simulator for like five minutes before we started recording because I had to wait for a huge update. Um, that is, um, well, I was able to max everything out and it's like smooth, but it's still only like 30 FPS maybe. Yeah. So, but that's probably limited by other factors in my computer that I have yet to upgrade. Uh, yeah, I think that's mostly all I got to try before, other than, like, squadrons, obviously. Oh, Space Engineers. That actually runs significantly better, even though it's not a pretty game, but it, it, like, it just runs way better now. What is Space Engineers? I saw you playing that, and I assumed it was, like, a code name for something else that wasn't, like, getting scraped properly by by, uh, Discord. Um, it is... That's yeah, that's one of the things I played, so I'd like to talk about that. Um it is a like sandbox game in space where you can just like basically everything is block based. It's almost like a Lego game with physics kind of. I mean, not, not everything doesn't look like a block, but it fits together in a grid, you know. Okay, yeah. Um <clears throat> so basically you can piece together rocket parts and batteries and wheels and stuff like that and just various block types to build bases and uh, vehicles of all sorts. And you can either play in survival mode where you actually have to gather all the resources to build everything or you can play like sandbox mode where everything's just available to you. Um. It's it's pretty awesome, honestly. It's a lot of fun. A lot of like ridiculous accidents happen where you end up like shooting off into space because we started on the moon, so the gravity is like the moon, and it's very easy to just 
accidentally go too far and then get out of the atmosphere and <laughs> but yeah it's it's pretty fun you can play up to like eight people i think on a hmm. server i don't think i had ever heard of it for some reason so i'll have to check it out yeah it's it's one of the better ones like the interface is complicated but it's not terrible like it makes sense at least unlike some of those building games that i've played um yeah, it's pretty sweet. Nice. Sweet. Alex, what have you played? Well, Brian, was did you have you talked about everything you played? Was there The only else? other game I played, honestly, I think I was in like a slump waiting like looking for 3080s, so I was just playing a lot of D2 Destiny 2 by myself. So that way I could just stop whatever I was doing at the time and try to click on add to cart you know, before it disappeared. But uh yeah, I think that's like basically all I played for a while. I was just I'm just trying to um finish up like loose ends before they take out half of the game. <laughs> yeah. So lock it away in the Disney vault, the Destiny vault. Yeah, along with Walt Disney's head. Yep. <laughs> um yeah, that's about it really. Okay. Sweet. Um yeah. all right. So Spelunky 2 uh is still very hard. And I feel guilty about it because I don't feel like I love it as much as I should. And part of the reason is because this other game came out called Hades, uh, which has been in early access for quite a while. It is by Supergiant Games, the people who brought you Bastion and Transistor and Pyre. And um, it is also a roguelike game uh, set in the Greek mythology milieu where you're playing as the son of Hades. His name is Zagreus, I believe. And um, he's basically trying to break out of the underworld. And so you're kind of basically playing Bastion as this character. And every time you die, you start back at the beginning. Uh, and as you move through the rooms, you can gain blessings from other gods. And that affects the way that your attacks work. You'll get like status effects added to them or more of an area of effect or more strength or that type of thing. There's also several different weapons that you can unlock and use as you're moving through um, this world. And like each time you die, you get some resources that you can spend on things to make yourself either more powerful or... You know, there's a few different status or uh, stats type things that you can feed a certain resource into, but... Uh, it is very good, and I think it's like 25 bucks now. Um, there was a launch discount for $20. Uh, it's on Switch. It runs beautifully on the Switch, um, and uh, I'm enjoying it very much, and it's taking away a lot of my Spelunky time because, I don't know, something about Spelunky. Like, I've only gotten to, like, World 4, I think, is the furthest I've gotten, and it's just whipping my ass and i think it's longer than the original spelunky as well but is there a chance that hades may take over game of the year for you it's possible it's possible i don't know there's still time for both of them uh to to rub me one way or the other you know there's still time for cyberpunk to i can't imagine i feel like you're too soured by things surrounding cyberpunk before it comes out that it i i don't even think it can be in your your 
game of the year selection. I can't say that because I haven't played the game. It's about the game, right? It's not yeah. about all the bullshit. I mean, it should it. be, but you know how it is. It's just it's, like I, I'd like to think that I'm at least somewhat impartial. Like if if I were going to not play that game, period, that would be one thing. But it's not like it wouldn't necessarily make it on my list if I were to play it. So I don't mm-hmm. know. We'll have to see. I, I'm skeptical about it anyway because it just doesn't seem to, as we've discussed in the past, it seems like it'll be very overwhelming for me, but we will see how that goes. Um, <laughs> at least but, there's only three starting locations, you know? Yeah, that's good, at least. Life um, paths. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. Hades is really good. Spelunky, I think uh, I might grow to love, but it might take a little more time. Um, So... Yeah, we'll just have to see. The other thing I have also been playing, uh, I picked up a game a while back, a couple weeks ago, actually. Actually, no, let's go here first. There's a game out now called Genshin Impact. Um, It is an anime-looking, free-to-play game that you can download on PC, PS4, and Xbox. Uh, I do not recommend downloading it on the PC because apparently it did have some type of terribly draconian anti-cheat on it that people uh, did not like having access to their computer. But anyway, uh, this is a free-to-play game, and it is basically Breath of the Wild with loot in it. Okay. And um, that's exactly what it is. When you climb, you get a little stamina meter. When you swim, you get a little stamina meter. When you run, you get a little stamina meter. Uh, you're hacking and slashing. The good news is that there's no breakable weapons as far as I'm able to find <laughs> as of yet. So it got rid of that shit, which everybody hated about Breath of the Wild. Um, but it is extremely anime. Uh, it feels very Breath of the Wild with a lot more really dumb lore that you don't really need to understand to play it at all, like most anime-related things tend to have. And um, if you want to play Breath of the Wild in a, you know, non-Nintendo-looking graphic representation, you can certainly do that for free now on Xbox and PC and PS4. Um I, there was a part today where I was running up this bridge and there was this boy named Timmy standing by a bunch of birds. And as I ran up, the birds flew away and, uh, I posted this video on our Twitter so you can go watch it, but I'm going to read the, the dialogue word for word, everybody for everybody here. So I run up to Timmy, the birds run away. And then he says, what are you doing? You're scaring the pigeons away. And then I selected the option that says they'll be back. And then he said, they do usually come or they do come back usually, but what happens if they leave and they never come back again? Just like my daddy dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? And so, um, (laughs) it was very strange. And, uh, I assume there's more weird. That's like within the first, 20 minutes of the game that happened so i assume there's more weird bullshit damn but uh it got a little deep there and uh i don't know if i'll go back to it or not i'd rather just play breath of the wild again i think because i think it looks better but anyway uh finally i picked up a game called signs of the sojourner which is on pc it is an indie game uh it's a very interesting game because it is basically a It is a card-based game where the card game that you're playing is essentially the conversation that you're having with a character. 
And the point is you are trying to successfully have conversations with people. And so the way it starts is the other character will say something and then they put a card down and it has a symbol on the left and right side of the card. And you have to try and match that symbol as the conversation progresses. But you have a deck of 20 cards or so, and uh, or it might even only be 10. And so every time you have a conversation with that, or every time you like meet up with somebody, you're playing these cards to have this conversation. And then when you succeed, you basically select a card to forget, and then you select a card to gain. And so you're changing your deck every time you, pl- you, you have a conversation with somebody. And the conversations conversations generally have like a couple stages to them, which is like one hand of the game or of the card game. It's kind of hard to explain, but I thought it sounded interesting because it, it seems like um, it seems like the game has a lot to do with like empathy and also like being able to just communicate. And I like those themes, and so I'm interested to kind of like play through it and see how that all plays out. Um, I don't know how possible it is to like succeed at all of the conversations in the game if that's true or not so i think it'll be interesting to see but the story itself is like about this these kids who one of their moms dies and uh their mom's like store gets left for them to run and so one of them stays back to run it while the other one has to go and get supplies to sell in the store and like so you're the one that's going to get the supplies and you go to different cities to have conversations with different people to get different items to sell in the store so it sounds pretty cool. I'm going to keep at it, and uh, I'm excited to play more. So, yeah. Sweet. That's about it. I just uh, I just remembered that I, I do have um, Origin Premium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you re-upped for a year, didn't you? Accidentally, Accidentally? yeah. Accidentally? So, yeah. I still have it. So, so you I'm, have I'm Squadrons. Downloading, I'm downloading Squadrons right now <laughs> on my PC. Cool. Well, there you go. We can talk about Squadrons now, or do you want to hold it till after the news, or what do we want to do? Yeah, let's talk about it now. All right. Star Wars Squadrons. It's a game meant to be kind of a successor to the old X-Wing and TIE Fighter games. Um, You are a fighter pilot on either the Rebel or the Galactic, uh, the Imperial side of things. Uh, It switches back and forth in the story. Um, and, uh, And there's also multiplayer as well, which I have not played as of yet. The game is compatible with HOTAS, which is hands on throttle and stick. If you can find uh, so one, flight sticks. If you can find one right now, and it is also VR compatible with PSVR and other PC VR headsets as well. Uh, and it's from EA because they make all the Star Wars games at the minute at this moment. Uh, you can subscribe to EA Play Pro or Origin, which was Origin Access Premier, uh, for fifteen dollars a month. You can download the game on your PC. Uh, I don't know if there's a trial for the cheaper version yet. There usually is, but it might be kind of limited. Uh, so beware of that. But uh, it's otherwise, it's thirty nine ninety nine, so it's not even a full price game. Um, a little trick you can use, though, if you haven't already. Um, if you get Rocket League from the Epic Game Store for free, they send you a $10 coupon immediately. And you could use that on any game, or you could use it on Squadrons. And then it'd only be 30 bucks. There you go. That's what I did. Bam. <clears throat> so, um, 
Brian, why I was just talking a lot, so why don't you start? What are your thoughts on Squadron? And had you did you even play the had you played X Wing and Tie Fighter and those old school games? Much? Oh yeah, all of them. How would you uh, say this compares to that experience? Um, it's definitely there's like they did a good job, um, carrying over a lot of the mechanics as far as like what you can do in the uh, ships, like balancing your power. Management to shields, and to um, engine, yeah. Uh, configuring like weapon, like you can change the loadouts for the weapons and stuff. I guess um, the feel of it, it it all seems very similar to the the old games, but um, it is still less complicated. It's definitely more user friendly. It's more arcadey than the simulation of the yes. old school X Wing and Tie Fighter. You would for say. Sh- for sure, but not in a bad way. Like I think it's a perfect middle ground between like the old school simulation model and uh, an arcade game. Like what were those ones called? Was it was there like a Rogue Squadron or something? Yeah, the Rebel. Uh, yeah, the Rogue Squadron one, two, and three. I think is what. Yeah, they were. I I yep. did not like those coming from somewhat or from like X Wing and Tie Fighter and mm-hmm. X Wing versus Tie Fighter and X Wing Alliance. Um, I did not like the the Rogue Squadron games at all. They were like okay. way too arcadey for me, and I I think they were third person too, right? And I, I really hate that. Like I, don't, I think so. I think you're right. Like having the option to be in third person is fine, although this game does not have that option. I think it's because people can play in VR. Yep. So, um, but yeah, like uh, I love those the old games. They're great. Like I never finished all of X Wing because it was too difficult for me. Um, I finished Tie Fighter. Tie Fighter had an amazing story. Um, kind of. I mean, for what it was. It was a lot of fun. Uh, X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter is the one that actually introduced multiplayer. And it was a little janky, like getting it up and running and stuff. I think it was like an early Windows 95 game or something, like post-DOS. Hmm. So it was like kind of complicated to get shit running. Um, but then, yeah, Alliance was pretty good. It had more of a narrative bend to it. Uh, this game has multiplayer and single player. Um, and like you're saying, yeah, you can play from both perspectives, which is cool. Um, I don't think the campaign is going to be that long, but so far it's was, very enjoyable. It's just searching. It says eight to 10 hours. According that, that to that sounds like a good length, account. honestly, yeah. like it won't overstay its welcome. And by, I feel like if I play through the campaign, I'll be a lot better at multiplayer. Because I, I jumped into multiplayer yesterday immediately with, well, not yesterday, uh, Friday with uh, Gladish, and it sucked. Like, I, I was not having a good time. I was, was like this with your 10 <laughs> on the scoreboard. Was this with your Hotas or with controller? Yeah, it was with the Hotas. And there's a problem with the Hotas. Like, it, it feels great. I like using it. Um, for flight simulator, especially, but the, li- the buttons are like one through 12 or whatever. Yeah. They're just they're, in they're the software numbered. They're very generic. They're not set to the, uh, 
to the to the actual model that you're using yeah. which i don't think flight sim is flight sim i don't think flight sim is either necessarily it I isn't think. but, but, I, but I, I but like... you have a cheat sheet from the defaults right yeah and i don't know if anybody's made one for the same for our same hotas for squadrons but it also seems like the default controls of the flight stick system are kind of fucked anyway like i had to change it so that twisting the 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 flight stick would actually um aim you left or right rather than do the do the roll motions which i would want to do if i were like actually moving the stick to the left or right yeah until you mentioned that it didn't occur to me why it felt so bad like i felt like i couldn't turn right it's because that's that's set up the opposite of flight simulator yep um and that's not the way it should be i don't think that makes any sense but yeah also um, by default the throttle is just not enabled for some reason which is ridiculous <laughs> like i i was like why can't i catch this fucking ship mm-hmm. and it's because i wasn't accelerating because i couldn't have either and of you tried playing it with a controller yeah i, I see i, I switched not. to controller yesterday and i was immediately doing better because i knew where all the damn commands were right okay so I don't need a, not about don't need that. a flight like, stick in order to enjoy this. No, no. no it it's actually it pretty nice like on a controller. Um the the other thing, like, yes, you can you can um reassign all the buttons, but mm-hmm. I, I just didn't have time to like go through that when I was trying to play multiplayer. Right. And the issue with that too is like for one, I have to remember which buttons are one through twelve. And then I have to figure out what they were bound to in the menu. Because there's like probably a couple dozen auxiliary commands that you can bind your buttons to. Yeah. Like in the menus. So that makes it kind of complicated. It's not like you're just like going down the list and reconfiguring 12 different things, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. There Um, are way more commands than most common flight sticks would be able to bind with the amount of buttons that they have. So it's, there's a lot of stuff that's unbound and I haven't necessarily run into any major issues with it yet, but I do, you know, <laughs> when I was playing last night, it asked me to hit a button and I hit all the buttons on my Hotas and I was like, I'm still not finding this button, but it had it numbered as button number six. And then I like managed to take my hand off of the throttle and I looked and I was like, Oh, I didn't even know this button existed. And then I pushed that. And that was the <laughs> one that it wanted me to push. So that's, that's probably where the damn rockets are. The torpedoes. No, the tor- the torpedoes are on the they're on the thumbstick of the of the of the flight stick. They're they're there's the two two is the is the one that you would normally hit, and then three is the actual targeting is the normal button, and then to the right of that is the the rocket the the missile button. You just have to have lock in order to fire them. Yeah, well, I didn't even understand that at first because I was just playing multiplayer with no tutorial. Yeah, that doesn't help. Because like I had done the f- the prologue, the first mission, but you don't even use those in it at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yep. when I was playing yesterday in single player. Well, there's I was two. Doing there's fine. two prologue missions actually, and you do yeah. use them in the second. I had only but... played the one. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, overall, but... the game is really cool, and I definitely <laughs> look forward to it. More. After all yeah. of our complaining. <laughs> It's it's just the controls. It's my fault, really. I I shouldn't expect them to have like robust uh, button like layout depictions on their or in their menus because honestly, there are so many flight sticks out there. 
yeah. that they cannot like support them all perfectly. Like, I don't know. I, there might not be a way for it to even show the, the PlayStation buttons in the menus. Like it might physically be impossible. Like it, it might not recognize our HOTAS as being any different than the other three or four models there are. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. In control, when you go to play control, you can switch it from Xbox button prompts to PS4 button prompts. So, like, well, I feel like cool. it's possible if they want to, but it's. I think the the use case for it is kind of low. But either way, like, I there's probably somebody out there who's used our flight stick and is like, "This is how you should set all of our buttons," and that's probably, probably what we should do, right? And so maybe that's the way yeah. Was, go there's got to be someone on the subreddit that like has already done all of that work for you, for sure. Yeah. Or I mean, so th- I, like if I were EA, like I would have just built that into like you know, if you go to the squadron's website, like you can figure out the configuration for different flight sticks or whatever, like which would have been cool if the people who actually made the game, you know, did something to support it. That'd be sweet. <laughs> that's asking I, a little much from EA I think but anyway I'll give the flight stick a try again but I might just stick with the controller anyways because I feel like this is a game I'm going to be playing like picking up and putting down a lot maybe you need a bigger flight stick like you're not used to having a stick that small in your hands like you need a bigger one <laughs> that could be it yeah <laughs> well anyway um, I the I've been having fun with the game, but it is mechanically very deep. Like the idea that you can divert power to engines and that makes you more maneuverable. You turn better at slower speeds to like being it. Like I'm you, this is the type of game where if I was playing it in an arcade, I would have the throttle set to max and I would just be trying to kill everything that way. Like that's how I yeah, would it doesn't work. The game. It doesn't work very well. Cause everybody just murders you. Cause you can't turn worth shit. Mm-hmm. So no, you actually have to be like aware of whatever situation you're in and adjust accordingly. And like, I like, yeah, I'm sure. Like, have you either of you guys played like some of the multiplayer with people that we know? Like, I I have not done any yeah. multiplayer yet. I was only doing. I can't even imagine how fucking cool that is. <laughs> like, it's got to be fucking rad. But uh, like, like you said, uh, like I'm excited to try the VR. I haven't yet because I only have a 1650 Super in my machine at the moment, and I don't think it would go very well. I would probably just vomit sitting still because of the frame rate issues but um i think honestly i'm probably going to make myself sick in vr for the first time playing this game because it moves so fast and you can move and and turn with like using the flight stick it's just, i don't know it, it, I, I feel I'm, like it'll I'm be tempted a... like knowing that i have it for free on pc i'm tempted to just buy it on playstation so i can try the vr I should just lend you my index as I'm like reworking my 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 computer room upstairs because I don't really. But honestly, I don't know that you have the space to set it up where you're probably at with not. Your PC right? No. Now. I mean, I could adjust this room. I I have I have this dumb two seat couch up here that like I bought off of like Wayfair that I'm super disappointed in. I was just gonna end up throwing it away probably or giving it to somebody who needs furniture. But uh, I was gonna get rid of that and move my desk over. Uh, in that area, like more centered in the room, but also turn my desk around. So it's f- like I can face the television from my computer desk so I could still play <laughs> games on my big ass fancy TV when I want to. I uh, mean, you should also hook your computer to the TV. Yeah, that yeah. too. Like I'd be able to do that. So, mm-hmm. but 
Just I don't a know. nice. I've got some long uh, uh, UHD capable. Although they wouldn't be. Yeah, I don't know. Your TV wouldn't even be able to do the 120 on that thing anyway. But either way, I've got an HDMI. I mean, that you can probably 60's use. pretty good in 4K. Yeah, but uh, no, it's it seems like they have very faithfully recreated what feels like a Star Wars dogfight. Like it's it certainly feels like that. Doing the missions where you're like trying to protect certain vehicles from the oncoming attack or you have to take out the bombers first because they're gonna you know do something like it it just it very much feels even more star wars than like jedi fallen order did and i think they've gotten progressively better with their star wars games it's kind of weird that it took them so long to get to Mm -hmm. this point because it's not like star wars games are that hard like they've got a lot of examples in the past of like this is what's great and they were like we're not going to do any of that at first um, yeah, I'm really happy that my computer has enough processing power to handle everything it's doing right now because I'm installing the game and it just decided to fucking start. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like playing right now and I I don't want to like control alt, delete out of it because I don't want to fuck I, anything else up. But I had that same issue, tab. but I did just end up control alt, deleting it, I think. Like it's literally anyway. like playing the whole intro bit mm-hmm. and everything and. What a man, like what a pain in my ass. Well, the problem is like it reaches a point to where it's playable without being fully installed. It just starts going and it's like, what do you fucking, I didn't tell you to do that. Yeah. But no technology, uh, Brian, how, so you said the multiplayer you were playing, were you against Gladish or were you playing with Gladish? With him. Um, what you can do is. There's basically only like a few modes right now. They may add more in the future, but there's dogfight, which is just 5v5, like team deathmatch, basically, in okay. in ships. Um, yeah, there's, I think we forgot to mention, there's uh, four different ships per side, too. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And each one has a loadout that you can edit, and you can also like edit the cosmetics and stuff. Um and that's like unlockable stuff through gameplay, uh, including I, I believe like the upgrades to the uh, ships and, and like the loadout types and stuff are all unlockable through gameplay as well. And I guess not any of them give you too much of an advantage. Like most of the things you add to the ship, as far as like passive um, like upgrades go, also have like a disadvantage. So that way it keeps the game balanced for people that don't have all that stuff. Um, But yeah, uh, back to the uh, multiplayer. The dogfighting thing is is fine, but what I really like is, I think it's called uh, Fleet Battle, is the other main mode, where basically it's, again, 5v5. Um, Each team has a capital ship and then a series of uh, smaller, like, frigates, whatever, Mm. Um, and you have to basically, it's kind of like a tug of war back and forth. Each play, each team is trying to destroy the other team's capital ship, but you have to take out the, uh, the, the medium sized ships first, basically to lower, to basically lower the other side's defense enough to where you can attack the capital ship. Yeah. Um, but then you also have to deal with, you know, the other five players doing the same thing. They're either, on offense or defense it's it's complicated though like 
It's easy to figure out the mechanics of it, but it's complicated playing with strangers that are not talking. Like yeah. you don't know who's on defense, who's on offense. Yeah, I mean, really. I could I could see us like playing this like we play Rainbow Six. Oh yeah, sure. it'd be like if Five we stay. get like a squad or squadron, <laughs> squadron Saturdays. Yeah, it there would be probably a ton of fun. Because we would Josh actually is asking, coordinate. And then when we get tilted, we go back to Rainbow, Rainbow Six. Yeah. <laughs> Hodge is asking how mouse and keyboard would feel on it. I think it would be a disaster, but yeah, I have not tried it. Yeah, I accidentally moved the mouse a couple times, and my ship was just like... <laughs> and then he threw up on his keyboard. <laughs> yeah, I didn't... Yeah, it would be terrible. Don't bump your mouse in VR, that's for sure. No, good, good thing he's got the split keyboard now. He can throw up between the keys, like... Yeah, yeah I right definitely, <laughs> I recommend not um, using mouse and keyboard if you can manage. I mean, there's there's a it. lot of commands and things, so I feel like, you know, using both is certainly something that you probably have to do a lot, like Flight Simulator in some cases, but. Yeah, they're all active at once. You can switch at, to any of them on the fly. Yeah. So, I yeah, mean, so if, I can, nice. if I ever get a, a Hotas, I can set it up to the left here, and then I've got the mouse and keyboard right in the center, and I can set my controller off to the right, and then I can just like pick and choose depending on which kind of ship I'm in, just to yeah. switch mm-hmm. up the feel. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Have, the, hey, collector like, man, find me a Hotas. <laughs> okay, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Let me speak to my people. Like uh, Gladish was saying there about the, that definitely has a Rainbow Six feel, like. It does in a way because you can kind of pick. It's almost like picking a class when you pick a ship yeah. because they all excel at different things. Like the U-wing on the uh, the Rebel side, like has um, which one launches like poison- support capabilities. Which one launches poisonous canisters and wears ridiculous shoes? <laughs> um, that would probably be the U-wing. Ah, yeah. That's no, me. the A-wing, the asshole wing. Ah, yes. <laughs> Oh boy! Um, no, it, it yeah. sounds sweet. Like I'm, I really want to play it. I do want to try it out in VR, though. I, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure, just watching some of the videos that I've seen and the speed at which this game is played, I will probably throw up. Um, you should get one of those flight masks that just goes into a trash bucket so that you yeah. vomit directly into the trash <laughs> when you're playing like, VR. <laughs> get the whole helmet set up. Like, I wonder yeah. if I could 3D print a, like a flight helmet set up for my VR headset and then put like get that mask so I've got like a puke trough. I, s- I saw this picture on Reddit that this dude was like, my wife is ready for Star Wars Squadrons. And she was sitting at the computer playing it She was decked out. She had the whole jumpsuit on and everything, man. Yeah, yeah, she had so made sick. a rebel jumpsuit and helmet and she had the, the hotas in front of her. It was pretty good. Oh my God, I think it's but. starting up again. I didn't tell it to do that. Stop. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's interesting. If you want, if you have a PC, you want to try it out, you can spend $15 on Origin for 15 or for it's EA Play Pro. You spend $15, you can play it for 30 days, figure out if you like it, or you could just do Brian's trick, get it for 30 bucks off of the Epic Store. Yeah, that um, play trick will work till the 27th of October, I think, is when they're going to stop giving out the coupons. There you go. Yeah, and I was also finding it for like 35-ish on like Green Man Gaming and other stuff like that. So it's around. You can you can find it for a little bit cheaper if you need to. But um, it seems like there's a lot of staying power to it in terms of like getting together with some friends and playing some multiplayer. So the, res- the response has out. been like pretty 
solid, I think. I think yeah. everyone who has been playing it is really happy. Uh, you know, Jordan, my neighbor, and his whole crew of they've got a whole they set up a whole channel for it. They were all preloading it. A couple of the guys I think set up VPNs and started firing up the day before it came out because they set their shit to <laughs> Australia or something. So nice. like they're pretty hardcore about it. And uh That's good. Yeah, they, they squat up quite a bit after following their chat like it's a little bit overwhelming keeping up with those guys sometimes they're they're it's like having a whole other group of us <laughs> like, yeah nice. i only pop nice. in once in a while and i don't know what the hell's going on most of the time all i know is uh they refer to call of duty Warzone as p time and i uh, i yeah. still i i still don't quite understand the reference but every time somebody rolls in and they're like hey i'm ready to pee does anybody else want to pee and then they all like they're like yeah let's do it and <laughs> I can't, it just, out of context, it is the funniest shit to look at your phone and see these notifications saying, like, anybody ready for pee time? And, like, <laughs> I I die laughing every time I see it, so. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I played with them uh, once, and it was, it was pretty entertaining. Yeah. No, I wasn't up to their level of play, that's for sure. They play daily, so. <laughs> like they, yeah, I'm a they little treat- rusty. They treat that game like they're they're basically playing Warzone, uh, Squadrons, and Among Us like pretty consistently. So yeah, everybody except for us, everyone Among Us plays Among Us except for us. Yeah, true. Is it cross platform? It's everything. Yeah, it's even mobile. It, it is. Like, well, can I play with not, you from no. my cell phone? Not yet. See? Not yet. They oh, are. Okay, they are working yeah. on it. They actually canceled their sequel so that they could implement everything into the current game. Okay. And one of those is, like, accounts that would allow for cross-play. So, I think they're headed there. They haven't done it yet, though. Yeah. So. No, that's cool. But uh, Squadrons is cross-play, for, the, for anybody who didn't know. Mm-hmm. So, you can play with other people on other consoles between This This is the Xbox advent of cross-play. We are, like... We're there. Well, it's like I think it's here to stay now. If EA is doing it and Activision, like these, uh, like Sony and Xbox or Microsoft can't really shut it down now. It's just going to have to happen. The big, the big players are going to do it. And I mean, that's the thing is like that's gonna. I feel like that would sell more Xboxes, to be honest with you, because people will want like the cheaper, like new system that's come out, and like they'll like it won't matter. They're just going to want to play games, like. Mm-hmm. Entirely possible with their yeah, friends, you know. Yeah, so for sure, all, the, all the big games, all the big games are going crossplay. Look, look at Fortnite is crossplay. You know, everybody, bunch of people still play Fortnite. We don't, but you know, <laughs> no, nope. definitely here. not on iOS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the other part of the anyway. It was it was Friday so the Thirteenth crossplay? No, it was not. It was not. Uh, I don't. Uh, is, Predator is though with PC and PS4. Predator is. I think. Um, what's the Friday the Thirteenth knockoff that has all the other horror movie people? Uh, Dead by Daylight. I think that's crossplay, yeah. isn't it? I'm. Pr- I, I don't know if it is yet or not. It might be Rocket League. I'm not sure. Rocket League's crossplay. All these big that, games. That's the pioneer right there. And, and the funny thing is, is like each of these games is like a just a fucking money pit of like microtransactions too. It seems like you can like can't you buy shit in like every single one of these games in their in-game markets and stuff like. Probably. Yeah, that stuff is kind of weird though because it's usually tied to the console that you buy the shit on. Right. I don't know. It's weird. But that's the thing is like if you 
you know, look look at Destiny as an example. Like we pl- we played all this Destiny shit on PlayStation, like, and then all of a sudden we all got PCs and we like switched everything over to PC and like bought the game again and like bought all the shit in the game. Some of us bought all the shit in the game, some of us didn't. But like that's if you want to play the game, no matter what platform you end up on, you're gonna buy all the shit for it, no matter what. Like, yeah, no, it's it's. I would have do. bought all of the dances and things that I bought in Destiny One, in Destiny Two again, if I were allowed to have the thriller dance and the beat it dance. Like, that's really all I wanted. I would have paid another ten dollars for that shit, Bungie, if you're listening, which you're not, because you suck. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's talk. Should news. we get some news? Yeah, let's talk about the news. All right. There was a lot of big Let stuff me... that happened. There was a lot of big stuff like that the happened. The 3090 launch um, was a failure. Yeah, no. That's, well, I didn't even include that because I wasn't even thinking about it. I know. That. that was a quick news hit I just threw out there. there Everyone knows also, that. Yeah, also a big failure. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 pl- publisher orders six day weeks ahead of launch. This is from Jason Schreier. Fuck at Jason Schreier. Um, uh, this sucks. After saying that they would try to limit uh, crunch, there is now a mandatory crunch. Uh, there were a lot of people saying that it was probably crunching anyway ahead of time, just in a quote-unquote non-mandatory kind of way. Um, but CD Projekt Red is uh, also has to pay for the sixth day work, uh, day of work, um, which is required by polish law i believe and not necessarily the case for most other game publishers but it's definitely not the um, case here this sucks and uh but i feel like most people saw it coming and um it's probably not gonna affect the fact that everybody in the world's gonna buy this game so yeah I'm gonna, but they I'm have gonna committed to november release date uh but yeah it sucks that they kind of went back on their word and were like, yeah, we're going to not do that. We're going to try everything in our power to not do it. I'm sure given if we weren't in the middle of a global pandemic, it probably wouldn't have happened. That certainly seems to have messed things up. But also, I mean, like, let's be honest, so, that fucked up everything for everyone everywhere. So I'm not surprised we, by this, um, but I feel like we shouldn't be that upset. You know, but. well, but they also so they delayed in uh, when did that delay get announced? April. Yeah, so they should have known by then, I would think. But you know, they don't they don't care. It doesn't matter. But this is all stuff that they could plan for or work to eliminate, and they choose not to because they don't want to, and it sucks. Yeah, that's all there's to say about. Warrant, warrant. Um. All right, Google is releasing a new Chromecast uh, in 2021, but guess what? It does not have Stadia on it when it launches. And it looks really weird. It looks like a little egg that plugs into your thing by HDMI. But no, this is weird and sucks and is dumb. And uh, I feel bad for anybody who's all in on Stadia because it sounds like Google's not. It sounds like uh, they're going to phase it out. Uh, yeah, it would really suck if this thing comes out and they're like, uh, yeah, actually, we are not putting Stadia on this device. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe they've got, down. maybe they're coming up with one that like does it better or something. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe nah. they've got something else up their sleeve that it, you know, because this this particular Chromecast that's coming out is geared towards the Google TV stuff specifically, I believe. So, like, it's uh, it mainly is like an Apple TV, but Google's version, you know. Um, yeah. 
So I maybe it just it's not the same. I, I don't know. I'm I'm making up excuses. I like Google. I'm not going to be mad at them about this kind of shit. But um, I'm not mad at them. I just think it kind of blows. Like it doesn't you know, it doesn't make you? sense. Is what I think. Yeah. Like it just like considering like they've got this platform that they kind of went all in on at first. Like I feel like they're. It just seems like a a step in the wrong direction. Because you still can't play Stadia on other Chromecast unless you purchase the Founders Edition, right? No, you can. It just has to be, I think, like the nicer of the Chromecast. It has to be like the 4K or whatever. Like, I think maybe that has like a stronger signal or something. Like, I don't really know, a stronger antenna built into it or whatever. But um, I'm I'm pretty sure you need to use the 4K one in order to use Stadia. But I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, because I... That's what I was wondering is like this one that they're showing off doesn't look necessarily like I didn't see a power cable with it, although they don't really show one with the one that actually does play Stadia stuff. Um, but the power cable is how you hook up the Ethernet to the current Stadia Chromecast, the one that came in the Founders Edition. Yeah, if so. you want to use a wired connection or if you have to use a wired connection, you use the power cable. But yeah. it's not necessary. So like, I mean, I've got that my 4K Chromecast that came with my Stadia kit is in my t- bedroom television right now and it works fine. Okay. It works. It yeah. actually works like pretty great. Surprisingly, considering how terrible, like my wifi signal is in my house. Like it, like I was playing division two on it and it looked at the time better than my PC. Although I need to fire up division two. Now that I got the 30 and see how fucking dope it looks. <laughs> yeah. I tried that. Like every single game I wanted to play with the 3080 right away was either, not installed or needed a 60 to 70 gig update, which is stupid. Games have gotten yeah. out of hand. Yeah, I mean, I, I need to fire have. up Anthem, too. I'd like to see how Anthem looks. There you go. Anyways. Um, yeah, that, yeah, a, a well, misstep speaking, on Google's part regarding the new Chromecast. Yes. Poor, poor form, Google. Poor form. Speaking of streaming game services, Amazon has announced their new cloud gaming service called Luna. Um, important differences here. You pay $6 a month during its early access phase, which gives you a subscription to games on the service. You are not buying, uh, piecemeal games like you do on a Stadia or, uh, you know, Stadia pro. It's not tiered like that. There's just the $6 a month or not. Uh, the $6 a month gives you the ability to play the Luna plus channel games across two devices simultaneously. And it offers 4k 60 FPS resolution for quote unquote select titles. Uh, and the games available on the channel include resident evil seven control panzer dragoon, a plague tale innocence, the surge Two, ukulele grid abzu and brothers, a tale of two sons. They're going to add more over time. Uh, you supposedly are able to play this on iOS devices using this controller, which connects directly to the service via Wi-Fi, which is what Google's uh, Stadia controller was supposed to do, but doesn't work that way yet, as far as I understand. I believe they just cut the cord recently. You don't need to cord the controller to your phone anymore. Yeah, but is it still Bluetooth to your phone, or is it connected no, it's, to the it's internet through, the wifi. through Wi-Fi? It okay. was never Bluetooth through the phone. Okay. Well, either well, either way, like connecting it directly to the phone, you had to do that. But you had to, um, 
I think you had to Bluetooth it to your computer to you. Like my understanding is that it Bluetooths to the to the Chromecast, and it also Bluetooth to your computer if you were using it that way. Po- I don't possibly, think it was ever I actually. I don't recall, but I I never like I I think in the past month I think they recently removed the cord. Like you no longer have to cord it to your phone. Okay. Well, either way. So this this Amazon one does it's supposed to connect directly to the internet, which would allow you to play uh, this service in a browser window on your tablet, your your iOS tablet, which is getting around some of the issues that Stadia and uh, XCloud, uh, Google and Microsoft are having with Apple right now. Um, but you can sign up for early access. Uh, they are giving it out, uh, you know, to certain people um, along the way. And, uh, you know, the controller costs $50 during this early access period. So it uh, might be worth checking out if this is the type of thing that you're into. You want to see what it can do. Uh, yeah. Amazon Luna. Sweet. Oh, Any yeah. Thoughts? Did you mention, like, how they're going to have different channels for, like, different developers? No, I didn't look into that too much. So essentially, um, like my understanding is, they're going to have different channels, much like you pay for different cable services, like through Apple TV. Like you can buy Showtime or HBO or whatever. Like, but you can do this for like Ubisoft and Activision and EA Origin. Like, so you'll buy these channels and add on to your subscription in order to have access to the game libraries of these other companies. So that's very interesting. Which I yeah, which is kind of feel- what I think Stadia was trying to do with Ubisoft but haven't quite gotten there yet, but I Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly like this whole business model of like paying for a subscription to play the games rather than buying them individually. I don't even know if that is a possibility or not on the service. I don't think it's necessarily been uh uh, actually announced as of yet if that will happen or not but it sounds like they're looking more towards the subscription model and i think that's the right way to go yeah they also i think so. in the commercial for it or whatever i think they showed off like a bunch of retro games too um nice like access to like the old sonic library and shit like that cool but, that's cool yeah so we'll see it'll it'll be interesting we'll i'd be i'd be open goes. to guinea pigging i did sign up for early access but i haven't received anything from them since i so. did as well yeah, but I haven't. I'd guinea pig it. Plus, I I like trying out the the hardware. You know, I like seeing the new controllers and what they're capable of and how they feel and all that stuff. I'm I'm interested in that. So it looks like a Switch Pro controller. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it looks pretty similar to you know even the Stadia controller that type of stuff. So I feel like uh, controller design is kind of plateaued at this point in time. But I like right. the purple accents. So. Yeah, the purple's yeah, cool. That's nice. Uh, this is going to have some type of Twitch integration, obviously, would be my guess, and, and that type of thing, uh, which is, you know, that's makes sense for Amazon to integrate all their services. So, yep. mm-hmm. we'll see how this does. Cool. Uh, next up, so Spider-Man PS4 players cannot upgrade to the PS5 version for free, which really sucks. The only way that you will be able to do it uh, is if you purchase Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition, or you can get the $20 DLC separately, I think, if you were to buy just Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, But along with this, so they are remastering Spider-Man for PlayStation 5. It does sound like they're doing a considerable amount of work in terms of adding ray tracing and also um, implementing DualSense features and uh, making the uh, reducing the load times and things like that. All that work that they need to do in order to make it run on PS5 with all the new PS5 features. But then also what came out is that they are switching the uh, 
they're switching the character model for Peter Parker. Uh, and the internet, of course, does not like this for some reason. And uh, it sounds like the reason that they gave is that they wanted an actor whose facial features matched better to that of the voice actor. Um, but people are also kind of uh, skeptical of that due to the fact that this new model looks closer to like Tom Holland does uh, and the, the, the actor who plays him in the new Spider-Man movies. So very weird situation. Not clear why they felt it was necessary. Um, I feel bad for uh, what's his name? Yuri, uh, the, the, the voice actor, because he's kind of also caught in this. I think Brian Intahar, the head of Insomniac, is getting death threats because of this change for what some dumb reason. Because people are stupid. Um, this is why but, we can't like, have honestly, nice things. Yeah, like, I don't know I don't know why anybody would get that. I thought the Peter Parker from the game looked fine. Like, I don't know why it would need to change, but... This um, is why COVID exists. <laughs> Because we, yeah. we we send death threats to people over video games. That's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> so there was, Brian Intahar did tweet a statement. He said, today's news about the new Peter Parker face model has surprised some of you. And we at Insomniac totally understand your reaction. Heck, it even took me a while to get used to Peter's new look. But as we discussed the franchise's future and moving to the PS5, it quickly became apparent that delivering even more believable looking characters made finding a better, better facial match for actor Yuri Lowenthal, who we all love as Peter, a necessity. So Yuri Lowenthal, I don't believe, played uh, what was not the actor portrayed in the original. Like, there was another actor who looks, who who did the actual, like, facial acting for Peter Parker, or the character model for Peter Parker. I don't think Yuri Lowenthal was the one that, like, let's look him up. Yeah, like this is just con- kind of confusing. Yeah, this looks this looks nothing like the Peter Parker that was in the original version of the game. If we pull up uh, Peter Parker PS4, so this dude was the voice actor. Yes, so this is the this is the two of them side by side here. Let me try and pull that up a little bit bigger. Can give me your cookies. Yeah, so this is the PS4 version. This is the PS5 version. It's not even that uh, different. This is the voice actor who plays Peter Parker in the game. Um, and so I don't really understand why this is happening. It doesn't make any sense. Yuri Lowenthal did not play him in the past, but anyway, let me continue with Brian Intahar's statement. He said, we care as much about this character as your attachment to him. So please know we didn't make this decision or change lightly as we did throughout the development of Marvel Spider-Man. We'll continue to read your comments, listen, and always be looking for ways uh, to improve every facet of the game. At the same time, I hope you can trust us that this decision is what we feel is best for the future of our franchise and our upcoming goals for this beloved Marvel character. I don't, I don't get it. I'll, I, I also like the don't. new Peter Parker. <laughs> he looks like he actually fits the role more. So the old Peter Parker looks weird as balls, man. Well, and the thing is, is that the story of the game is that this is very much a Peter Parker. Who's been being Spider-Man for some time now. It's not a Peter Parker. That's supposed to be straight out of high school. This is a Peter Parker. That's in grad school. So, this kid on the right looks like he could be like 15. That's fine. <laughs> but it's not really what I got out of the feeling of the story of the game. I thought the one in the PS4 game looked fine. I thought it did a great job and kind of worked the way that I would expect it to I work. Mean, but I, like, I don't care enough to be angry about it. He's I don't supposed give a to be fuck, a but... smart dude, right? Like, maybe he's 15 and in grad school. 
Yeah, maybe it's some Doogie Howser shit, man. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Maybe really pivoting here, but anyway, yeah, the one I don't on know. the left looks like some weird Russian knockoff Peter Parker. <laughs> I, <laughs> there might be better a better look. This might just be a bad screen. Hello, look at me. My name know. is Peter Parker. <laughs> I am the Spider-Man. Peter Parker. Peter. Um all right. So anyway, Spider-Man <laughs> weird sucks that uh we can't uh sucks that you can't get the upgrade for free. Uh, I still think that sucks, even though it sounds like they're doing a lot of work to it, but that's the world we live in now. All right, and then finally, the biggest news that happened immediately after we released an episode Literally, like, time, immediately. Like, several hours oh, wow. later. I forgot that that uh, happened so long ago. Yes, Microsoft has purchased ZeniMax Studios, which are the uh, the owners of such game franchises as Dishonored, Wolfenstein, The Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Doom, Starfield, The Evil Within, and Prey. Uh, that's Bethesda, for those who don't know, and Arcane Studios and id are all under the ZeniMax Studios uh, headline here. It's a huge but, deal. Um, this is a huge deal. It's very, very big. It was very expensive. And it is a huge deal. Yeah, $7.5 billion, uh, which I think is almost double what Disney paid for Star Wars. It's like six times more um, than what they paid for Minecraft, isn't it? Or something like that? Something like that, yeah. But, uh, no, it's it's crazy. Like, this is this is a pretty big deal. This is potentially... The ne- the sequel to Skyrim will not necessarily appear on a PlayStation. Suck it, type Sony. Of news here. So, Suck it real hard. Now we don't know that for sure. There's been a lot of weird statements coming out about like Bethesda has a little more autonomy and they can choose. It'll be on a game by game basis. Uh, this does mean that technically Microsoft is kind of publishing two PlayStation timed exclusives in Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop. Uh, they are continuing to honor that agreement, and they will continue to be timed exclusives. Um, but that's a very weird situation, um, and a crazy get for Xbox. And basically what's happening here is they're buying all of these games for Game Pass. You know? Yeah. They're, I think Bethesda games are going to start appearing. Like I think Doom Eternal is already on console Game Pass early now, and uh, they have even more that will be making it its way to the service on both console and PC in the coming month or two. Um, but yeah, crazy. It's awesome. Sure. Yeah. Not for all everyone, those Sony people. All those Sony people can't, can't necessarily play the next Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the, I, if I, if I were in a position where I was only buying a console or did not have a PC, I would be pretty upset about this, I would think. And, uh, I don't blame anybody for that. But, um, you know, Game Pass looks like an incredibly attractive deal, and they've made it even more attractive now, mm-hmm. so. Although, uh, I don't know if it was a coincidence that the price of PC Game Pass went up a few days after this announcement. They announced that ahead of time, okay. though, I believe, uh, was my understanding. that It was an early introductory price of $5 per month that is now $10 per month, I understand. Still a good deal. Still a good deal. You can still get PC and console game pass for $15 a month, um, which is, you know, that also quite, includes quite a lot of value. That includes uh, xCloud as well. Yes. The streaming service on which you can play some of the games that are included in game pass. Um, so, 
But yeah, I don't know. Big news. Yet to really see what exactly it will mean in terms of these future releases like the Elder Scrolls and Starfield. But I can't imagine they would spend $7.5 billion on this company to say, yeah, we'll put it on on PlayStation still. I don't know. What do you guys think? I I think I I think they would be stupid to not release it on PlayStation as well. Um I think they'll probably do some like maybe some early access shit like if you have Xbox Game Pass and everything like you can play all the new Bethesda games before everybody else that kind of stuff, mm. but it's still going to come out on PlayStation because it would be stupid of them to uh cut off the market like a whole segment of gamers. Like their whole thing is like they're they're fighting for the gamer. Like Bethesda wants to fight or not Bethesda Microsoft is fighting for the gamer. Like that's what they've been doing this whole past generation is like putting up this like we want you to be able to play anywhere anytime anything you want. And I think this will lead to you seeing some maybe some kind of Game Pass service on Sony, like on the PlayStation, like maybe there's a Bethesda channel that you can sign up for, like in Luna or whatever. Yeah, you know, I mean, I like don't, it, I don't know. maybe not, but I'm just saying, like, I'm just speculating that, like, I I think it would be, it's this is a big deal, yes, but it's not going to stop people from buying Playstations. It's not going to increase the amount of people that buy Xboxes, like, eh, it might. I don't know about that. I, there's a, like a lot of people. I mean, we, we have yet for to Skyrim, yeah, I mean, we know? have yet to see the perk of like what this means. Like, we don't know what this is yeah. going to do. But yeah, people bought consoles for Skyrim, but it wasn't like they they were choosing between like 360 or like PS3. Like they would just they'd ask well, they'd ask the friend closest to them like, hey, which one do you have? And they'd be like, oh, I have a PS3. And then they go buy it for PS3. And then they look at the you know the some other kids like, which one do you have? And his friends like, well, I have it on Xbox 360. So he goes and buys it on Xbox 360. Like that. But what I'm saying is, is like the Joe whoever who hasn't bought. Uh, a console since Skyrim came out. Here's that the Elder Scrolls Six is coming, and it's only on Xbox. I think that I think that's kind of what they're thinking. Like I think they're kind of like the next time that this like we have Fallout Five or the Elder Scrolls Six or Starfield, this gets out there, and if you can only get it on PC or Xbox, I think you're buying a damn 299 Xbox rather than spending $1,500 on a PC that would play it well. Well, Starfield's right? never coming out. <laughs> Let's be honest here. They've it's been talking about... It's coming out than Elder Scrolls Six, supposedly. That's true. Yeah. I so, you know, maybe 2077 or something. Right. <laughs> um yeah, maybe, I, like, I, maybe I, it does. Maybe maybe they use it to to sell, or maybe it's just like, hey, if you sign up for Game Pass, you get unlimited use of the entire Bethesda library of games, uh, you know. And so that's the selling point is like you get these epic fucking games, and you can play them on any platform you want to play them on your phone, your PC, your Xbox. Uh, but the best place to play them is the Xbox Series X. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what to think of this other than like, I, it, it's a ballsy move for Microsoft. They've clearly got the money to spare and they're going to do it. And, uh, I'm excited to see what this does. I mean, I like, clearly I'm a PC gamer now, I guess. Well, I'm more of a PlayStation four player currently just because of my situation, but, um, <laughs> I want to play more on my PC. 
<laughs> but like, you should want to. But yeah, it's just uh, I, I'm interested to see what this does to the industry because it's it's very um, intriguing to me. Is a ball is a ballsy move. <laughs> that is like good on them, man. <laughs> I think we were all pretty shocked when they announced this. Brian, Brian, what did you what do you think? Any thoughts on on the acquisition? Um, yeah, it is. It's a huge move, but I still don't necessarily think that they're aiming to make all these exclusives. Like the way I see it is they can make it, it's going to be a big draw to game pass by having all this stuff on game pass. And so they're going to end up with so many subscriptions. It's just like constant money coming in. And that is, I I think the main reason why they would do something like this. Also, like, even if it's on PlayStation, they're still getting money for all these games because they own the whole damn company. So, like, yeah. they, they don't really care about winning the hardware war anymore. They just want to be on every platform. That's the war that they're trying to win. Well, they want to, if they want to be on every platform, I guess that's true and that's interesting. But, like, I think, I think what you said about Game Pass is right. I think they want people giving them 10 to $15 a month every month if they can. Because, like, that's what that's what the future is right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants that Netflix channel of money coming into their company. And I think, you know, as long as you get to the point where you say, okay, $10 a month for PC Game Pass costs me $120 a year. And if there's two video games that I want to play on that system, on, on that Game Pass, then the return on investment is even. So if there's anything more than that, so now you get every single Microsoft exclusive, you get every single Bethesda game day and date on Game Pass for $10 a month on PC, that's an incredible package. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a lot. Not that necessarily Bethesda comes out with a ton of stuff all the time, but even if they put out a game a year and you're interested in it, you know, it, it makes the ROI that much better. So... But I don't know. I, I honestly think uh, I, I wonder if there's room for them to kind of say, all right, Elder Scrolls six is coming to Game Pass, Xbox and PC, and it'll be out on PlayStation five next year or whatever they might do with it. If they do timed exclusives like that or what the situation is, if they will just let Bethesda say, hey, everything's still coming out for what it comes out for or, you know, these smaller projects are going to be coming to. Uh, Xbox only or whatever it is. It's just, it's weird. It remains to be seen what happens. The other thing that people were pointing out, this now means that Bethesda and Obsidian live under the same roof once again. Yeah. Uh, breathing life into some of those fallout, fallout babies. Fallout New <laughs> Vegas of some sort or a Fallout New Vegas 2 or some kind of Fallout game made by Obsidian, which is entirely possible now, but... I'd rather kind of see what Fallout from Obsidian looks like than Fallout from Bethesda at this point, I think. Yeah. I, they should just sad, hand but... it over to Obsidian anyways and let Bethesda work on Elder Scrolls and worry about Starfield. Starfield. And that way, like, Obsidian can just deal with all the cool Fallout shit. That would be interesting. Like, what if Bethesda... What if What if it's no longer like, oh, uh, Skyrim now and Fallout later... Or, excuse me, Elder Scrolls now and Fallout later, but rather, like, here's all of them at yeah. once because we have more people now to work on Now that we have this, this ability, like, here's everything. Yeah. No, that'd be cool. I'm all right with that. Mm-hmm. I still need to... I need to go... Uh, I need to play Grounded still. 
You go back. Uh, I don't know what I you do. Wait. They've been adding more stuff. They just added zip lines. <laughs> oh, cool. So I can zip That's line cool. into a spider's mouth? Yeah. <laughs> Directly. Right in. Yep. Yeah. So. Now, that's all I got for news. That's it for the episode. Yeah. What's up next? What What do we have coming up? That's what I'm looking up right now. The 2020 Ooh. and video games Wikipedia I, I got a page, which I pull copy up. Copy of Watchdogs Watch Dogs Legion's waiting for me in oh, a couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah, you guys got those for free with the purchase of your cards. Um, yeah, Torchlight 3 is coming on the 13th, which I think you guys might be a little interested in, maybe. Well, I have not heard There's good also things, a G.I. But... Joe game coming. G.I. Joe Operation Blackout. I'm sure that's garbage. Oh, it, that, <laughs> looked, um, that looked really cool, actually. Really? Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Like it, it's a, it, it's a G.I. Joe game where you get to play on both sides. Like, you're playing through the game, like as like the Joes and Cobra and like uh it looked like um like an Avengers but G.I. Joe. <laughs> Interesting. But I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, All I only... know is you get to play as Snake Eyes at some point and that's fucking dope because Snake Eyes is the shit. The only G.I. Joe game that I'm interested in is G.I. Joe Rainbow Six Siege. That's all I want. That would be sick. I don't want anything else. Oh, that's man. all I have ever Where did wanted that idea is come just from? I said this years ago. I was like, what if the next season of, of fucking Rainbow Six is just all G.I. Joe characters? Wouldn't that be fucking awesome? That would be an incredible that'd be amazing. crossover. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah. I'd be totally they down need with to that. Work on that. Well, you should remind us of that cool idea every few years so we can think of it as something okay. new. Yeah, and like a Battletoad Street Sharks mashup. Let's do that shit, too. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, other than that, uh, next, by the next time we talk, uh, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit is coming out. That's the <sighs> AR Mario Kart game. That looks cool. I don't cool. necessarily know that I'm going to pick it up or not, because it is expensive. It's like 100 bucks to get one of the cars. Um, but yeah, so not a whole lot, but I'm sure we'll find stuff to play with our new graphics cards and other types of stuff. We'll probably still be playing Hades and uh, and uh, Spelunky and some Star Wars. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. We should also maybe try Among Us or this Phasma, whatever the Phantasmagoria yeah. game that's coming <laughs> it's out. It's not Phantasmagoria, but Man, we should I, we should do like we should pick some of those really old stream. point point and click adventures and do like live streams of that. <laughs> that would actually be really fun. That that'd be pretty good. I up. am trying. I so I I told John and Brian I bought a lot of green spandex to make a Green Ranger suit, but also to make a green screen <laughs> uh, down here in the basement. And so I'm not actually making a Green Ranger suit. I wish I was. It's also way too like lime green for that. But anyway, uh, I want to try and get that up and running so that I can play some Resident Evil Seven in VR, and you can I can chroma key out the background so I can overlay my head on the on the screen with the VR helmet on. Um, but that's still forthcoming. We'll see. I'm just trying to set up a little bit of a better streaming studio space down here. So. <laughs> There may be Daft Hunk in the future. It would be so funny to have like you just—it's just you with the helmet. I'm like, <laughs> that's basically yeah. It'll be—I'll be down in the corner like that, fucking. But it'd be funny if you could mirror game. it so it actually follows the proper direction at which like you're viewing things like in the game, like, uh, and then you're you're yeah. centered like in the screen, and like it's like you're actually <laughs> looking at them like in the giant green screen. We'll have to run some tests like yeah. that. We'll see what we'll I can test do. Test it out. But uh, be f- yeah, no, I think it'll be. It'll be fun, and uh, we'll see. I might need to enlist some people, because I'll have the helmet on. Um, I might need to have somebody, like one of you guys in Discord reading 
comments and shit to me as I'm playing or something, but that feels like it's kind of defeating the purpose of playing a horror game, so I don't know. We'll see. Well, I mean, one of us could just be moderating. That's true. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, cool. Well, if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is bent to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K, and Alan K for the, the uh, contributions. We really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. All of our patrons are sweet. We love you all. Thank you so much. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch, as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. Feel free to throw your free Twitch Prime subscription at us if you can. That would be awesome. If not, that's cool, too. We understand. You got other people you follow on Twitch. Everybody does. I follow, like, ten people. But I only subscribe to our stuff because I'm a loser. And I feed, feed myself Twitch Prime money. Uh, but anyways... Uh, yeah, we'll figure out what we're going to talk about next time, but we appreciate everybody stopping by in the Twitch chat, especially Gladish and Hodge. You guys are awesome. And then I saw Wara was up there, too, at one point. Mm-hmm. Thanks again for coming in, guys. We appreciate it, and yeah, we'll, see, we'll see you all next time. Peace out. Clapping, clapping on on uh, fifty two. Sure. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh. I don't have time to add this up. God damn it, Brian. Ready? Yeah. Fifty eight. Okay. <laughs> God damn it, we're gonna do another one. Uh, I didn't even on, hear Alex on eight. <laughs> one <right>. more. <laughs> 18, on, ready? When, when you say 18. on 18. 8, do you mean... No, I didn't do that one. When you <laughs> Are we moving our hands together on 8, or are we you're actually... Hand, you're hitting on the 8. Your, your hands That's should be open That's on, on eight. the 7, and then when the eight when it flips to 8, you clap. It's like clapping on the 4, Brian, but the 4 is detected by knowing the 3 numbers before the one we're counting on. Right on forty-eight. It's ready? Complicated. I'm not a musician. Let's <laughs> fucking start. Figure it out. Jesus Christ! Now one more time. All right. That wasn't eight. very loud. On the eight. Open your hands at seven. Clap on eight. Okay. Better. All right. That was make, good. Your hands make the noise at the at the second that we prescribe. But I don't know point. how long it takes for my hands to meet each other. <laughs> it varies depending on the distance they're from. <laughs> I don't even uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I give up. I, I give up so hard. You can add all of this to the end of the episode. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Including Brian dying. Yeah, the cough the coughing fit too. I don't know if I can talk now. <laughs>
All right, I'm going to switch us, and then they're going to hear us starting now. And then, uh, yeah, we can make sure Brian can speak and then go from there. I think Uh-oh. I can talk. Oh, I sound weird. That's uh-huh. all right. Well, so you, John, you can throw to me first, and hopefully you by the time. S- you sound weird? <laughs> I always sound weird. Okay, that's fine. Never mind. You kind of sound better, actually. Cool. Let's go. All right. Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. <laughs> today we're going we're gonna to talk Star Wars Squadrons, Hades, and more.